Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And we are back, John. What a weekend and a we lot of back. protests! Wow, wow! And uh, in the studio today, we got Judge Richard Weinberg, and we have uh, Peter King, our congressman for twenty-eight years. And to me, you're not a former congressman. You'll always be my congressman. Well, tell Curtis Lee with that, please. And, uh, tell, <laughs> and Curtis Lee, well, we have a, a special. Uh, uh, well, he stopped by to tell us what the heck is going on in the streets. Ah, oh, there's a lot. Give Curtis. us an update. What the heck is going on? Well, in the, the streets, crime is, in the subways is horrific uh, to the point now where you see there's vigilantism, and you're going to see more of that. So, if you go to Times Square, you see the robot that the um, Eric Adams had purchased, and it doesn't move. It's just stationary. I heard, heard you've got two police officers yep. standing guard to make sure nobody bothers the robot. Right, that they don't graffiti it, <laughs> vandalize it, it get up. and push it into the tracks. So wait, wait, Chris, there was a guy, a vigilante the other day. Yeah. There was a woman who was being harassed, and now they're investigating the guy because yeah. he fired a shot to stop. Well, Tell us about that. The woman says she had two incidents that day of 49th Street on the R train, right in the Broadway area. 49th Street. Yeah, 49. She gets onto the, off the train because she's going to work, and there's a homeless guy there uh, pleasurizing himself for all to see. <laughs> so she goes, that's not necessarily the sight I want to see before I start work. Then she's coming home from work. There's another homeless guy from the Bellevue shelter. He's opening the emergency door, and he's saying, come, come through here. But he's trying to snatch a bag and then run. And that's where the vigilante guy, who's been working for 13 years in film editing, he, he always had the gun. He never pulled it out. He fired two random shots because the guy wouldn't stop. And then finally the guy ran away. He put the gun away. He left. Obviously, everything now is on camera. He was eventually arrested, 10,000 bail. He's out. And naturally, the homeless guy has been arrested many, many times for doing the same thing, and he's out also. How sad. Can, can we distribute some Rocky Colorado bats or anything? <laughs> yes. You need them in D.C. Yeah. D.C. Oh, I my saw God. the pictures of the CVS yes. in, 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 in Washington, D.C., Yes, and they don't even have toilet paper on the shelf. None. Now, it's locked up now. Uh, paper towels are locked up. Pretty soon, everything will be in lockup. It'll be like the old automat. Remember, you oh, never yes. had, you never had food. Everything was put behind. the money in first, right. right? That's what it's going to come down to. They'll have to set up automat style stores for your basic. Curtis, items. thank you for stopping by. You know why? If I we can't cry about what's going on, at least we could laugh about it. Because That's for we sure. Pray. That something changes. Wait, yeah. John. Speaking of crying, one quick thing before you go, Curtis. The the migrants. Floyd Bennett Field isn't good enough for them. And same thing in Chicago. Can but that's you, why I told everybody quick. out there, I said, don't demonstrate. Wait till they go out there. They're going to freeze their tuchuses off. And they're going to want to turn around and leave those tents. They, some of them left already. They want to go back to the Roosevelt Hotel. They said it wasn't good enough. John, it's in the middle of nowhere. I knew that. If you notice, I didn't get locked up, right? I didn't get locked up for a reason. I didn't have to get locked up. 
Now I am going to cry. Curtis Lewa, thank you for everything you do for New York. And keep going on. And you're going to have an update for Sid Rosenberg at 7.05 tomorrow morning. Absolutely. And Curtis, you you should always be locked up. Thank you. Thank you. Wait wait a second. If you get locked up, I'll get you out. Judge Weinberg. We talked on Sunday, and you were very much concerned that civilization is about to die. Absolutely. Tell us about that. And then we're going to go into Alan Dershowitz, and I'm sure he'll continue the conversation. Tell us about your civilization. There's a professor from one of the schools in Montreal. He wrote an article. He said, civilizations die when you don't have the courage and the moral strength to defend your country. The open borders are a disaster. You're inviting people in who have no commitment at all to the values and the culture of this country. So you're inviting trouble. And when they break the law and you let them get away with it, you're inviting trouble. That's how civilizations die. And when people say you can use violence to get your political agenda across, that's how civilizations die. This is a great article, great analysis. It's the New York Post over the weekend. I commend it to everybody. If you want to save this country and this city, you have to – protected well let's let's see what uh, professor dershowitz uh bring him in rita you got it we have the harvard law school professor emeritus alan dershowitz's new book uh get trump but he's a brand new one calling war against the jews how fitting professor dershowitz as judge weinberg was talking about the decline of civilization we're at it i mean all these protests yeah. all over the world and they're tearing down the israeli flag and the american flag yeah, but the worst thing that's happening is happening in Gaza right now. And the American intelligence has finally, finally acknowledged that Hamas is using these hospitals as bases, as command centers. Now we have seen videotapes that shows that Hamas is stealing, stealing fuel from these babies. So I am now accusing Hamas of the mass murder, not of Jews, but of Palestinian babies. Hamas is responsible for these dead babies that you see on television every day in the hospitals, the reason they're dead and the reason they're dying is a Hamas is stealing, stealing the fuel that Israel brought to the hospitals to give to these babies, to allow them to live. B Hamas is using these hospitals to protect their murderous terrorists, causing Israel to have to go into the hospitals and to have to root out these terrorists So, you know, the media is playing into their hands by showing the dead babies, but it's not showing who's responsible for the death of these babies. Even President Biden today, after U.S. intelligence, said that Hamas is violating international law by doing these various things. The first message that Biden said, oh, Israel, you have to be more careful. You have to slow down. You have to make sure you're not killing anybody. No, Israel isn't killing anybody. It's Hamas who's killing these babies, and they're doing it deliberately. And the more babies that die, the more Hamas is satisfied because they want these dead babies to be paraded on television. Because their goal is not to keep babies alive. Their goal is to end Israel. But you know, you know what, Israel Professor Dershowitz? Did you yeah. see last week at some of these, at some of these schools, there, the protests, I couldn't believe this moment. Somebody, there was a guy who was interviewed, one of the guys who was protesting, one of these pro-Palestinians. He's asked, um, you know, what do you think of Hamas? Oh, they're freedom fighters. Yeah, uh, what? No. Yeah. You know, people said Nazis were freedom fighters, too, and that, uh, you know, Mussolini was a freedom fighter in Ethiopia. You can call anybody a freedom fighter. 
These are brutal terrorists that rape, burn, destroy, kidnap. They're not freedom fighters. But now they're turning against their own babies. They are killing their own babies. And there's no other way of putting this. When you steal fuel from a hospital that's designed to keep babies alive and the babies die, don't blame the people who provided the fuel. Blame the people who stole the fuel. Professor, not Israel. Professor, the the real victims is they're all victims. I I would say the Persians are victims. I would say the Israelis are victims. I would say the Palestinians are victims. The guilty people are what do you call the head of uh, the mullahs? The the mullahs that are dished out hundreds of millions of dollars to buy the Hamas. To go out and kill people, and they're and, every, and all everybody they're laughing, and everybody else is suffering. That's right. You're absolutely right. They're laughing on the way to the bank, and they are sending Hamas, Hezbollah. They don't care how many Palestinians die. They care about how many Israelis die. They want more and more of them to die, we're, and that's why there must yes. the response must be and to destroy we're Iran's have the nuclear former, reactor. We're going to have the former Secretary of the Air Force on in about twenty minutes. Because Great. they, when they shot down that helicopter in the Mediterranean off the coast of Cyprus or Lebanon, I bet you somebody shot it down. It wasn't an accidental thing. And five, uh, uh, special, 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 special yeah. operations, special service people died. Okay. Oh, terrible. I mean, terrible. Uh, you terrible. know, enough is enough. Uh, President Biden has to do something. And, and, yeah. and either uh, either the CIA or somebody has to go after those mullahs and get them. Because when we got rid of Saddam Hussein, or when we, well, Saddam Hussein wasn't, when we got rid of bin Laden, things were quiet for 10 years. The yeah. Palestinians yeah. weren't bothering the Israelis. They were going to work every day. But. And they were yeah. going to work in Israel. They and were going it, to work in Israel and the, providing Hamas secret information, which mullahs. allowed them to engage in these slaughters, all at the direction of the mullahs. Uh, of the mullahs and Hamas. Right. So yeah. th- those are the guilty people. We should send in the Mossad. We should send in the CIA. Send in special forces. Go in there and kick their butt. And enough is enough. Bravo. Get the head of the snake. I mean, that's yes. the problem. We're not, but you know, the problem is, John, we have an administration right now that won't even enforce the sanctions on oil. I mean, that, that is so easy to do. Uh, obviously, go after the head of the snake, but they are so tepid, Professor Dershowitz, and they're not even clamping down on these protesters, let alone going after. They finally hit uh, some troops, some terrorists. They've been hitting empty warehouses this whole time, Professor. All the civil, all the people are suffering because of some crazy guys. And that's what it comes down to. And we have the ability and the resources to make it right and to win for civilization. Because this is not only a war against the Jews, as the title of my book is. It's a war against uh, civilization. It's a war against, against civilization. Jews are the canary in the mine. And if Hamas wins and manages to destroy the only nation state of the Jewish people, they're coming after other states first. Remember, Iran calls America the big devil and Israel the small devil. You think they're going to be satisfied just destroying the small devil? No, it's coming to a theater near you. And, and that's why. And the most important point together. we got to get across. Why did Iran pick that moment to do that? Because it goes back to the Shiites and the Sunnis. 
Saudi Arabia was about to make peace with Israel, and Iran was not going to allow it. I mean, that's exactly right. uh, Professor Dershowitz, we just told the whole world the real truth about what's going on, and that's the real truth, what's going on. And all the civilized people are suffering because of these mullahs, these four of this. I think there's three or four of them that are worth $4 billion apiece. They probably paid the Hamas's, uh, you know, a couple hundred million. They probably shorted the stock market and made the money back. Yeah, and, and the key is, John, the, the civilized world needs to bandy together against the bad guys. That's it. You, you bring up a great point why because are why are we not all right? right. Remember what, remember what President Eisenhower said. President Eisenhower is, said, beware of the military industrial complex. Somebody wants to sell arms to both sides. Yeah, shameful. Really shameful. I want to hear an interesting conversation. When the United States decided to go after Iraq, uh, the prime minister of Israel, then General Sharon, called President Bush and said, you're going after the wrong Arab, uh, the, the wrong country, starting with an I. Not Iraq. Iraq doesn't pose a danger to the rest of the world. Iran does. That's the country you ought to be going after and getting an administration change, a change of regime. They didn't do it. Instead, they both. The Persians, the Iranian Iranian people and and the Persians were very civilized people until the Mulans came across. And there's a lot of people that are resisting in there that that are waiting for the moment. Remember, they had a moment under Obama Obama and he did nothing. Obama missed that moment. He did nothing, Peter King. Remember that? That I'm not sure what President Obama was trying to accomplish but I think he accomplished the wrong things. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. He was the worst foreign policy president in modern American history, particularly when it came to the Middle East. And now he's saying that there's complicity, guilt on all of our parts. No, no, there's guilt on your part, President Obama, because you strengthened Iran. There isn't guilt on the part of the rest of us. Take responsibility for what you did. And then he tries to compare what Hamas did, murder, rape, burning, to Israel's disputed we had to say, former we, we gotta, occupation of Gaza, which ended. Professor, we got to go, but we we told the truth on this store, on this yeah. show, and nothing but the truth. And thank you for helping us do that. Always, always happy to thank do you. that. Thank you. The truth about the damn budget. I don't know what the truth is, but there's one guy that knows what the truth is. Rita, tell us. Yep, it is a New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli. And uh, Mr. Are Comptroller. We yeah, by the way, you even said, Mr. Uh, Comptroller, we, uh, New York City is teetering on a fiscal cliff. Explain. Wow. Yeah, well, we, we see some troubles on the horizon. Uh, some of it has to do with the unexpected costs related to the migrants and the asylum seekers. But the other reality is that the city has uh, increased spending without backing it up with recurring revenue. So it's really a combination of those two factors that are really creating, you know, in next year's budget, uh, gaps that could be as, you know, much as close to 10 billion could be as high as 14 billion. So very important the city start to take some steps now, ahead of time to avoid that cliff and falling over that cliff. Controller DiNapoli, I talked about you on Fox uh, uh, Business today. The, the number for the whole country for the migrant crisis that President Biden decided to open up the borders is a half a trillion dollars. Not and a we, sustainable number. We can't, and, aff- we can't afford it, certainly at the local level, well, John. We can't, we can't pay for it. And the fact is that, that uh, we borrowed the money. We're paying uh, 5%, 6%, 7% interest. We borrowed the money. 
so we can bring the migrants in to break our cities. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, obviously, there's a lot about federal policy that has to be addressed. Uh, that's been, you know, immigration reform has been an issue for I don't know how long. But in the short run, uh, we have to get more support from Washington. We the, the state can't bail out the city on this front uh, and uh, and the city can't do it on its own. Well, so, Washington created the problem. Yeah. Well, but, and but wa- Washington to needs to step up. Well, yep. look, I mean, uh, look, Andrew Cuomo, a friend of mine. Uh, don't forget, when he dared to say he might run for president in 24, a silver bullet came from Washington someplace. Eric Adams, when he dared to yell about give us more money and organize the rest of the mayors, a silver bullet came from someplace. Well, I, I, I'm hoping there's no silver <laughs> So don't bullet. say anything come, bad. Come in my way. Don't say anything bad. We love you. We don't want you. Yeah, no, we want you around a long time. time. Wait a minute, John. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is PK. Who says hey, we love Tom DiNapoli? We, 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 we do. We do. We do. Okay, then I love him too. Okay. We're defending you, Tom. Go ahead. We're defending you. No, we know that there's a problem because they're spending more than they're taking in. Right. And a lot of people have moved out of our city, and we'd love for That's them right. to come up back. That's right. That's right. More people keep, have keep left in mind than what, voted what we the said, election. And Andrew Rain and I from CBC, as you know, uh, wrote this column recently. The, the the unexpected cost from the migrants is about forty two percent of the gap. So it's not just about the migrant cost. The city has been adding some new programs and new spending without backing it up with the revenue. And then, of course, the economy has its own challenges right now. And you're right, John. We've lost some of the higher income folks who, who carry the larger freight of paying the taxes. This is what's creating the problems. Now, the mayor, to his credit, is is saying we've got to take steps now to rein things in. Not well, easy somebody, to say we're going to do Somebody tried to shoot him but yeah. with a silver bullet from Washington because yeah. of that. Well, but look, he, he's still focused locally. We're going to get a budget update from the city later this week. Uh, you know, he's talking about now 5% cuts in spending, maybe more to come. It's very important that the city not only handle spending more responsibly in terms of the total amount, the city needs to also be smarter about how the money's being spent. You know, we, we fall into this trap when we see gaps where it just becomes a question, are, are we going to cut programs? Are we going to raise taxes? Are we going to borrow more? Instead of asking the question, how could we spend money more smartly? Because people still need these very important services that the city and that the state provides as well. I'm hoping that the pressures will force a little more intelligence and in how we're spending money. We, as you know, we do audits all the time on city expenses, state expenses, state agencies. We're always finding opportunities to spend money in a smarter way without hurting people so you can continue to provide the well, services. Well, would you, would you give them some tips down in the city hall so they don't, we, don't, we don't have a problem? Well, you know, we always try to. And we're, putting, you know, we're putting more on our website. We're doing the tracker in terms of the different city agencies and, and what, what is the spending and what's been, what's been the impact on, on services. We did some very key issue briefs on some very and important Tom agencies. Napoli, Please, I beg you, don't criticize yeah. Washington. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hey, protect can you. I, can, I, can I tell one positive thing, which I know Rita tell me, tell cares me. about, and I know you all do. Rita, in her show, always, besides backing the blue, talks about our veterans. We put out a report this re- week that showed that over the past decade, New York State led all the states in reducing homelessness among our veterans, down 83%. Oh, that's great. That, that is a beautiful and that's number. been a tribute to 
federal money that came in, state and city spending the money wisely. We're doing more to help our veterans. Too many of them have been homeless. Those numbers are something that New York can be proud of. The job's not done totally, but we've made some real progress on that front. Well, bravo, thank Tom, you. Thank you. bravo, Tom DiNapoli. Tom, thank you for sharing and that. Let's give Tom DiNapoli an award next time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We're going to give you a big award. Yeah, Tom, thank, thank you. you for the great thank news, you. too. Uh, and uh, let's take a break right now. And when we come back. We have Ty McCoy. We have Ty McCoy to find out what the heck happened to that helicopter that went down. Was it shot down? There's some rumors about that. Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. Everybody talking about uh, this very sad situation. Five U.S. Army special ops were killed in a helicopter crash near Lebanon. So the question is, is there more to the story? Well, joining us now is Ty McCoy, former assistant secretary of the Air Force. And uh, Ty, uh, what's your gut about this? Rita and Katz, it's good to be with you. And it is a little difficult to... Uh be sure there is a lot of uh, military activity going on in that area. A number of airlines are rerouting their flight routes to and from the Gulf uh, to avoid uh, missile and other uh, activity in the area. Uh, We've got uh, ships from uh, the United States, Iran, Greece, Turkey, uh, in the eastern Mediterranean, Russian ships, uh, there's a lot of combat going on. We actually have 11 bases or little posts in the country of Syria, which is a sovereign country. We have bases in Turkey. We have bases in Iraq. We have alliances with, of course, Israel, Egypt, and other countries. Uh, we have deployed carriers and carry task groups to the eastern Mediterranean in support of the uh, Israelis as they've been attacked uh, and butchered by the Hamas forces to try and stabilize the region. Uh, and keep Iran and others from further attacks. Uh, this particular aircraft is a very specialized aircraft that uh, they're in pretty wide use in the Army, but it was specially missionized for Special Operations Forces. It's a large helicopter. It supposedly was involved in a refueling exercise, and there was an accident, which uh, they, these do happen uh, somewhat more often than not, particularly if it was a night mission. And so it remains to be seen uh, whether there was some hostile activity uh, related to uh, the downing of this and the, and the loss of life. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. There have been some injuries from attacks by Iranian, uh, Iranian-backed uh, militias in, in Syria and uh, 56 injured servicemen uh, over the last uh, you know two or three uh, weeks with drones and uh, missiles and mortars and so forth. So, and, and by the it, way, Ty, and Ty on that, remember, we didn't find out on those till like way late. Remember, it was like, oh, by the way, there's been that's why, you know, you, you got to wonder on this one, too. A friend of mine used to run. Uh, he was an admiral that ran uh, some of those aircraft carriers. And they they have to know, because I understand every cubic inch of space out there is monitored. And if a missile went up there, they know. Well, you're right. They have a lot of radar. They have a lot of electromagnetic stuff. They have signals intelligence. So the question comes up, which is what always happens, having been in the Pentagon for 16 years, do they know more than they're saying? Are they afraid to 
uh, tell the truth, so to speak, or are they afraid to uh, elaborate? It's also the 22nd. It's also today. Oh, yesterday was the 22nd anniversary since that American Airlines flight went down in um, Rockaway. Rockaway Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd like to know what the truth on that is. And by the way, uh, yeah, at that time, there were a lot of questions. But, I, you know, by the way, when the plane went down, I was actually with Hatame, who was the supreme leader of Iran at that moment. They rushed in because they thought Iran was behind it. Uh, they still, they said it's a, me- a mechanical was the American Airlines. But at first, John, isn't that interesting? They thought it was Iran was, was behind that one. There's something more to the story. Well, they have been known to undertake very, uh, uh, out of the box and very creative and destructive uh, attacks on their enemies, and they have shown, uh, you know, blood curdling uh, dedication. And, 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 and Carl Icahn, to till this day, swears that TWA eight hundred. There was more to the story. Well, there are a lot of people who do, including a friend of mine who was the deputy head of the Federal Aviation Administration. A lot of people think something happened. Uh, some people say it was a stray. U.S. Navy missile that was uh, out there, and they were practicing with the gauges uh, launch system. Some people think it was a missile that was uh, from uh, a terrorist. Some people think there was uh, something uh, actually on the plane. And, of course, there are those who think it was a, a gaseous uh, leak in, in a fuel tank. So it's, Ta- Ty, it's Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again. Yes. Let me ask you this question. There have been about 50 attacks against U.S. forces. When are we going to respond in a meaningful, substantive way directly against Iran in this. We need to send a message to Iran. What do you think? Well, I think that that's what they're trying to put off, I think, because of the Ukrainian war and because of other things going on in the world, that the United States and the Israelis, uh, realizing that the Iranians and their allies have really built up a lot of armaments, the axis of resistance, uh, that they don't want to have it escalate. But ultimately, the Iranians are behind this rather large uh, foreign legion, if you would, that has been developed both in uh, uh, Palestine uh, or in, 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 in uh, the uh, Gaza Strip, uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon uh, and uh, parts of Syria. Uh, the Iranians are behind it and they're getting support from the Russians and the Russians ultimately are getting support and help from the Chinese. So I think the Chinese and Russians are trying to get as much and squeeze as much out of the relationship with Iran and I, I saw that movie. It was uh, something about the Spectre versus. Uh, <laughs> I think it's called Access of Evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, yeah. Ty McCoy, uh, West Point, uh, former Secretary of the Air Force. Thank you so much for your comments, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take that break, and when we come back, Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs. Uh, today, UBS, a foreign bank in Switzerland, says maybe. The U.S. will drop 275 basis points interest rates next year. What do they know that we don't know? Let's take take the break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. And by the way, we have uh, an all-star lineup coming up. Uh, we have Lou Dobbs also coming up, also former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and Bill O'Reilly. So much going on uh, as we're talking about the access of evil. Uh, also, so many issues, as you just talked about, 
um, that's going on with the economy. We were just talking to Tom DiNapoli, and I understand we have Lou Dobbs now, who has just called in, who is here on the show. And uh, Lou, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, what, what do you make of this that we're hearing uh, that maybe the interest rates may drop, that there may be a huge drop next year? Uh, let, let's pray, right? Yeah, a huge drop. Uh, two and three quarters uh, uh, points would be a, a welcome relief from what has been uh, just a, a crazy increase over the course of the past uh, two years. Uh, it, it, it is it is a tough situation. Uh, Jerome Powell had me worried for a little while. Uh, I, I'm still fearful, but now I'm not as worried as I was because I think it's clear to everyone what he's done to the real estate industry, to housing, uh, to, uh, to the, the banks, marketplace. The uh, banks. The yeah. banks are worried for their uh, own existence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you look at where we are with rates right now, they have to come down. They really do. They could raise them. I'm not doubting they could, but I think that not even Jerome Powell, as critical as I've been of him, uh, and I've said almost two months ago that they could not raise rates again. And I, I, I'm delighted to hear that at least one bank uh, agrees with me and uh, actually raised me one because these, uh, if we can see 275 basis points uh, decline in March, uh, beginning in March, uh, that will be uh, an elixir for a, a badly wounded economy right now. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, you know, I also think about Lou too. Also, uh, you talked about banks, but also so many people cannot afford to buy a home. They can't afford to leave the home. This also trickles down to the average everyday consumer too, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're, we're almost back to uh, the uh, malaise of, uh, of the late seventies and, and Jimmy Carter. Uh, for the president, the presidency is really responsible for a lot of the the negative uh, emotion in the country. And these policies, if reversed, uh, I think you could see a, 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 just a terrific rebound uh, in the economy. And there's just no reason for the for Jerome Powell to feel like he has to prove something. But one thing he better be sure that he demonstrates is that he's there to follow markets, not to lead them. And also, uh, Lou, it's Richard Weinberg. The fact of the matter is, if they take it down that much, that'll be a shot in the arm for Biden's reelection campaign. It, it does have that, uh, unfortunate, in my view, uh, coincidental and, benefit. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there is uh, enough on the, the negative side of the ledger for the Biden administration that not even 275 basis points beginning in March will be able to alleviate uh, what is a, a depressed uh, polling uh, result for him across the spectrum of issues, uh, the spectrum uh, of uh, life in America. He has not raised the quality of life. He has not raised the standard of living. And uh, that, and that's where we are. That's why the polls are showing what they, they do. Uh, it's the reason that uh, Donald Trump right now is the most sought-after uh, man in the country to be president by a majority of Americans. We need somebody with courage to stop the nonsense that's going on in our country. Yeah, John, you're you're so right. And think about this man has a record of achievement, of performance. And for them to to see the corporatist media uh, with their blather and their their bull about uh, uh, the politics of this uh, presidential run, 
is, you know, it's not as, I, I couldn't call it depressing, but it's distressing. And even they have to admit there's a reason behind a 60-point uh, gain by the president in the, uh, uh, with the contenders for the nomination, so-called. Obviously, they're not contenders, but rivals. And the, the man, the American people want him back. He's strong. He's straight. He talks to the press. He talks the way, to anyone. Lou, uh, I got some breaking news from uh, some financial people. You ready? You're Great. sitting down. T- TD Bank just imposed that you cannot cash a check in a branch over $3,000. What does Whoa. that mean? Oh, my God. Oh, that's insane. That's insane. Where are the, you know, where's the control of the currency, the Treasury, and the Fed? I mean, the regulators should be all over this. This is. Okay, let's double check the story. I'm going to double check the story with my friends at uh, TD Bank. And uh, we'll we'll get back to you before the end of the show. Yeah, wow. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Lou Dobbs, and uh, thanks, John. We, we, we got to tell the truth thank to everybody. You, Amen. That uh, is stunning. Now <laughs> we have uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, and uh, with uh, some news. Yeah, uh, and by the way, Governor, you had some really strong statements um, that I thought were really powerful about protecting the Jewish community. Um, in New York. Talk about some of the things that you think needs to be done. Uh, I will. It's a pleasure to be with you, John, Rita. I heard the judge before. You know, New York, uh, the expression, your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. Our greatest strength is our diversity. We attract talent from all over the world. Uh, and we're one of the most diverse states on the globe. Uh, but uh, when you have a situation like we have now with uh, Israel and Gaza, uh, that diversity can create tensions, and uh, it has, and uh, every New Yorker is aware of that. And our first responsibility is to make sure that New Yorkers feel safe, right? Uh, and we have different political opinions, and that's fine, and you can be pro-Palestinian, pro-Israeli, uh, and you can protest and you can demonstrate, but uh there is there is a line, and the line is the law uh, and public safety. You've seen anti-Semitic uh, activity increase over 200% last month. Uh, you have physical acts of violence uh, as well as other uh, hate-based assaults. And we have to say uh, that's just not okay. You're safe in this city. And uh, um, NYPD does a great job. But when we have special circumstances uh, calling out the National Guard, it has been a powerful deterrent and presence. And I think uh, it's time to do that again. The Jewish community does not feel safe. I can't tell you how many people have talked to me about uh, this period where they really feel unsafe just because they're Jewish. And that's in New York, right? And this city is the the largest Jewish population outside of Israel. Uh, And I think that has to be addressed and uh, directly. They have to know that they are our brothers and sisters, and uh, they're part of our community, and they need to feel safe. And I think you need to do more. Andrew, this is Pete King. How you doing? It's always good to talk with you. I, I have two questions on this, though. One, I think if the cops were allowed to do their job, which they weren't allowed to do during the George Floyd riots, 
I think if they're allowed to do their job, I don't know if you need the National Guard. And if you do, you know, I was in the National Guard. I mean, you get riot training, but nothing like the police get. I mean, that's so I think that should be a second resort. I think the cops should be allowed to do that. Like, for instance, what happened in Flatbush? I thought that was terrible. The cops really couldn't do their job. And part of that's because we've had a scale back on the, uh, you know, counterterrorism surveillance. So anyway, I just like your thoughts on that. Should the cops be given more leeway first before we call in the guard? Well, you know, we have used the guard. Obviously, Congressman, you're right. NYPD is the largest police force in the United States of America. Uh, and uh, they are our first line of defense. And they've they've kept the city safe for decades. Uh, you're also right. After George Floyd, there's a lot of uh, blowback and the relationship between the community and the police has been stressed. And uh, that relationship uh, with the police, especially, I think they feel uh, constrained in their activity. I would never say the National Guard instead of the police. It's NYPD, it's state police. Uh, but I think the Guard can be helpful. We've used them before, and they've complemented them very well. But I agree with what you're saying. Look, you can't let protesters close down Grand Central Station and stop trains and stop commuters. You can't let that happen. Yeah, And by the way, Governor, did you see they were tearing down the American flag and the Jewish flag? It, it broke my heart. Yes, you can't let that happen. I mean... This city has enough challenges right now. And when people see acts like that, tearing down the American flag right in front of the NYPD, putting up a Palestinian flag, kicking in the doors of Grand Central Station, you cancel trains. Congestion uh, pricing. We already have one nail in the coffin for Manhattan, New York City's main borough. Now, if they put in congestion pricing, you might put a second nail in the coffin. Shouldn't they wait till the city makes a recovery? Look, first of all, the city has the city is not going to make a recovery on its own, John. Right? This is a post-COVID world, and it's a different reality. Zoom, remote work, etc. You have to do everything you can to adjust to that post-COVID reality, uh, and that is society-wide. And you have to make the city attractive. You know, cities were a place where you went to work. That's what made a city a city. Uh, going back to the, my days when I was uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, cities were places of work. Okay, but now I don't have to go to the city anymore to work. So I need to want to go to the city. The city has to be attractive, uh, economically attractive. I have to want to. Uh, have the uh, enjoy the nightlife. It has to be clean. It has to be safe. Uh, and we're seeing people leave New York. You put two facts together. We lost 500,000 New Yorkers. They tend to be the higher wage earners, which means they pay more taxes. And our tax code is skewed where the very wealthy pay the overwhelmingly large percent of the taxes. That's, you're losing the wealth, and then you just tear the city as a $14 billion deficit. And by the way, the state has a $4 billion deficit. If not more. That, I mean, you know. Uh, that, but that's a bad combination, right? You can't be losing revenue uh, and have increasing costs. Those, those two factors don't work. That's a toxic mix. Now, the, the other important thing is, 
Uh, Dominic Carter was on our 11 o'clock show last night, Sunday night, and he says in his 40 years of broadcasting, he has never seen a, uh, as a newscaster, never seen a, a mayor of a major city brought down by the uh, FBI if it wasn't uh, approval by very high above. Any comment? Uh, well, look, the, the situation with the mayor, I agree with Dominic, just as a matter of uh, law enforcement protocol, uh, a U.S. attorney to take that kind of action against an elected official has to get the approval of what they call Maine Justice, the Department of Justice in Washington. Uh, the U.S. attorney doesn't do that on their own. So, uh, yes, this was most likely approved by the Department of Justice. Uh, and it was a dramatic uh, action. Uh, were they, were they seen... upset that uh, he was asking for money and stirring the pot among the other mayors? I, I, God forbid to use that expression, uh, that this is about political retaliation. Uh, I don't know what it's about. You know, if you read the newspapers, they talk about the uh, only thing I've read about is uh, the mayor made a phone call to a police commissioner to try to expedite a, a permit for a Turkish embassy. Uh, if that's a crime, then they're going to have to lock up uh, almost uh, everybody, almost every, every member of Congress. <clears throat> also, Andrew, I was thinking, I mean, to stop a mayor in the middle of the street, they could have called him up. They could have called the security detail, said, yeah, let's have his in phones. The middle of the street. I mean, to me, that was really shock and awe. That was intimidation. And I wouldn't care whether it was a Democrat or Republican or liberal. A message from Washington. And that's a terrible message to send. And you can stop the mayor of the largest city in the world, most important city in the world, really from intimidation. Uh, we got to go. we got to take the hard break. Great talking to you, Andrew. Andrew, no, uh, Andrew you. thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Governor Cuomo, I'm not going to call you Andrew. I'm going to call you Governor Cuomo. Governor, okay. Governor, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, continuing to put out your opinion. Uh, in our great city, in our great state. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Thank you, Rita. Thank, Thank you, you, Congressman. Thank you. Thank Let's take Thank a you, quick Governor. break, and we're going to come back with Bill O'Reilly, and Bill O'Reilly is hot on a couple of subjects. It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest is a mega best-selling author. He has another big best-selling book, uh, which is Killing the Witches. And, of course, it's on the New York Times bestseller list. Also, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night on WABC 9 to 10 p.m. Bill O'Reilly. Bill, uh, I know that you are... Uh, Hot under the collar, by the way, um, you, you probably also just heard us talking with, uh, Andrew Cuomo about anti-Semitism and how important it is to really start cracking down on this. Uh, before we get to San Fran, what are your thoughts about all these protests that have been taking place? I mean, huge protests, pro-Palestinian, and it seems the White House is doing nothing. There's doing an Islamophobia commission. Where's the anti-Semitism commission? Well, I want to keep it local, Rita. Um, I, I'm always amazed that, you know, Andrew Cuomo comes on, and this is not a personal attack on him. Well, who do you think is responsible for the disorder in the city? Disorder is a contagion. And these protesters, these anti-Semites, they know nothing's going to happen to them. They can spit on anybody they want. What's going to happen to you? Nothing. You punch somebody in the mouth, nothing will happen to you. Well, who is the architect of that? I, I believe it was Governor Andrew Cuomo, right? Did he not sign the no bail thing? 
Hey, Bill, this is Pete King, and I agree. With, that's the point I was trying to make during those George Floyd riots. He was standing with the protesters. Yeah. And the cops couldn't and, lock I mean, them up. protesters know nothing's going to happen to them. And then he's on going, oh, we can't let people shut down Grand Central. Say, what do you mean we? It's you and Hunkel. That's who's allowing it. And the DAs. But the cops. You don't need the National Guard here. That's insane. Prosecute people who assault other people. Slap a federal hate charge on them if you can prove it's anti-Semitic. That's what you do. This whole city was ruined. Ruined. Quality of life. In the last 10 years under these Democrats. Ruined. With a capital R. And now it's, we can't let them? How insane. Bill, you and I are on the same page. Well, you are fired up tonight, and I'm with you. <laughs> well, Bill, I mean, as a House Democrat, as a House Democrat in the studio, let me tell so, you, you're right. It is so absurd to listen to these people go, we can't let them. Do you not have eyes in your head? The quality of life in this city is about the lowest level I've seen since the crack wars. Because of you, we can't let them. And the voters will vote for you. God almighty. What about San Francisco, Bill? What? What about San Francisco? I understand it's being cleaned up for a couple of days. You got she coming over, and all she wants to do is show pictures of San Francisco to the Chinese people on a state-run television services and say, hey, See, San Francisco, that's what you get with capitalism. So, magically, they moved all the drug addicts out. They're all gone. All the homeless tents are gone. Why? Because she's going to be here on Wednesday. Oh, what, well, why didn't they do it a year ago? You can do that in 24 hours. You tell those drug addicts, you get out of here, or we're putting you in a cell for 48 hours. So you can't get your heroin. They'll get out. And then you just sweep out the garbage that's not allowed in the public space anyway. So San Francisco has got an army of cops and maintenance people doing that as we speak. They could have done it a year ago, two years ago. New York can do it. They won't do it. And go back to who won't do it. It's the Democrat. Far-left people who are absolutely destroying the fabric of this nation. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, Bill, it is disgusting, because even Gavin Newsom was smiling, saying, yeah, we want to make it look good. I mean, he blatantly says he's doing it. To some Chinese communist guy, and then three days after he leaves, they'll all be back sticking needles in their neck. Right. He doesn't care about the citizens. He cares about the Chinese leader. That's Bill O'Reilly sounds as angry as I was today. Yeah, (laughs) he does. He does. But there's a lot to be angry about. Wow. Really? No, it's not anger. It's it's enough's enough. You know, when you got a kid. I'm that. I'm at that point, too. Yeah. The kid's setting the living room on fire. Hey, enough's enough. Right. Enough's enough with this BS. We got to stop it. We who? Not you. And that's what I got to say. Well, we're fighting for it every day on the radio. What are you going to be talking about at 9 o'clock tonight? Yeah, Bill, what's on your mind? Well, 
We're gonna get what are you really that. upset about? Uh, yeah. We want you to get emotional. <laughs> the, the possible impeachment of Biden on this grift uh, with uh, Hunter and, uh, and Jim, his brother. Now they're calling them in before the House Oversight Committee under oath. They'll take the fifth. I can almost guarantee they'll take the fifth. But Americans should know what this whole thing is and why it's uh, evolving. By the way, Bill, did you see the, did you see Bill? There's this push on Mayorkas too. Did you see that they may finally yeah, impeach him? You know, and the Godfather, Hyman Roth, he's small potatoes. Right, he just does what he's told to do. Right, he's the messenger. Biden, right. Biden's the guy. Just like Cuomo is the guy in New York. He's the guy. He won't enforce the border law. Mayorkas is just a stooge. Does do he does does what he's told. Right. They just put in another Mayorkas after him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have to feel sorry for Mayorkas, but why waste your time? You know, go after the big guy who's really hurting us. Yeah. If we don't make a big change in America and have respect for our country and our borders uh, and our values. Yeah. And, and our, our values. values. Yeah. I mean, and I'm people really of all worried faith. about our country. Right. I worry so much. And to me, it's symbolic that those protesters are tearing down the American flag as we were starting. The one symbol I cannot get out of my mind is the the mm-hmm. night that that the, the, Bill de Blasio, the mayor at that time, would not allow the police to stop all those people going into Macy's Herald yes. Square mm-hmm. and just. That was, a signal. that was a signal. Anything goes. And now the signal is that the Arab street has come to America. And, and, and the solution, too, was then when he finally got the word from a lot of people saying, enough, guess what? When the police were allowed to do their jobs, then they were able to crack down within like a few hours, John. Yes. Let them do their jobs. Let them do their jobs. Thank you, Bill O'Reilly. I'll be listening at 9 o'clock. And I will too, Bill. WABCRadio.com, BillOReilly.com. 770 on your dial worldwide in 173 countries and 50 states. Thank you so much, Bill O'Reilly. Thanks, Bill. Thank you very much. And what do we all stand for, guys? Truth. 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 Justice. Justice and the right. American way. And one second, we're going to get back to you on TD Bank tomorrow to find out if it was a branch in Alexandria, Virginia, whether it's worldwide for TD Bank or just that branch of Alexandria, Virginia.